The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Season 3 of Students of Mind, the podcast that's all about opening up and normalizing discussions about mental health in ways that anyone can comprehend. In the first two seasons, we sat down with mental health experts and survivors to give you a full circle picture of each topic. In this new season, we will continue to explore the world of mental health through the insights of experts, healers, and individuals with lived experience. From alternative healing modalities to living with multiple illnesses, this season we will cover a wide range of topics with the help of a diverse selection of guests. My name is Jade, and today for our second discussion on psychedelic healing, myself and my partner Zen sit down to share with you my journey with S-ketamine and ketamine-assisted therapy. I hope by listening to the show, you're able to learn something new and gain some encouragement through hearing our experts and listening to the journeys of our guests. However, this show is not a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Students of Mind podcast. Hi friends, it's Jade, um, and I am here with Zen. What's going on? Um, Zen is here so we can have a conversation about my experience with psychedelic-assisted therapy. So let's let's get right into it. Yep. Okay, so... Let's just first talk about, like, what you're doing right now. 
What I'm doing now? Yeah. In terms of psychedelics, what are you doing right now? This period of time that you're in. Okay. <laughs> That's not where I expected we would start, but we could start there. So right now, I am currently part of a ketamine-assisted therapy program. And what they do is they facilitate at-home ketamine treatments. So they send you your medicine to your home um, and you have a sitter sit with you when you have your session. Um, So yes, right now I'm doing that. Um, So what got you into that? Like how did, like, I asked you that at first just to put some context. Now, what even got you looking into that? So back in 2019, 2020-ish, I was in therapy and had been with my therapist for a little bit at that point, mm-hmm. and she was able to tell from what I was saying about my experiences with medication that the, the medications that I had been trying weren't working. Mm, what a... Weren't improving your quality of life. They were just keeping you at a baseline. Yeah, and it was just like I, I would be going through the cycle of like getting on a medication and working for a little bit and then it would stop working and, and then I would have to, to switch. So she kind of pointed out that pattern to me and introduced me to the idea of exploring like alternative ways of treating my symptoms, mm-hmm. uh, specifically my depression and anxiety. Um and she brought up psychedelics because um, there was a lot of research going on about the use of them for different mental illnesses. Um, and so she brought it up in session just to like put it out there. Um, and then I took it upon myself to do some research. I think she did encourage me to like look into finding some research studies that were like recruiting participants to see if I qualified so I could get into that and um, get access to this type of treatment that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so on my own, I did some research and I found, um, so let me explain some more. I was kind of directed to look into ketamine, MDMA, and psilocybin. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, I remember the first thing you bringing up was psilocybin. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to note that at that time we were in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And the Bay Area, I'm pretty sure Oakland decriminalized it at Mm. that point. It was either that time or, like, a few months after, but it was definitely in the talks of being decriminalized. Mm. So... I think that was like a big thing that your therapist brought up and then you started like really getting because I don't remember ketamine like being brought up at first. Yeah I think yeah you're right. 
something you, you guys will realize over time is that sometimes Zen's memory of things is way better. Most of the time, Zen's memory thing of things is way better than mine. So, yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah, it was like um, specifically MDMA and psilocybin. There were a lot of uh, research studies going on at the time. So, so you went from some getting the recommendation and then... And then I did my own research. So, like, where did you search for that stuff? So, I mean, I, a great resource is the MAPS website, which is the multidisciplinary something for psychedelic something. I, yeah, I'm you'll so, put the link I'll put the, the link in the description. Yeah. Um, but that uh, website has a lot of information, and they also, I'm pretty sure that's the website where they list current um, studies going on. Okay. Uh, so you can, like, see the current ones if they're recruiting, and then, like, information on how to get involved. So at first you were looking at just studies because you thought that was, like, the only, like, only real way legal way you to, would be able to get yeah. access to that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Yes. So I thought that was the only way I was going to be able to get access. And yeah, like it was known as something you could get access to, but it wasn't like how it is now where you're able to like, yeah, or it's not publicly known unless you like really are into that stuff. And it's just, yeah, like now there's like these centers, like these psychedelic assisted therapy treatment centers in 2019, when I was searching, those things, like, I couldn't find those when well, I was people searching. People don't understand. COVID changed everything because yeah. it made it so that everything could be accessed online. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I feel like you were looking for the studies and you're good at searching for stuff. So it's yeah. not like you're, like, looking online just on, oh, you know, I find some shit. Like, no, you're no. Not, you were looking <laughs> deeply for yeah. that and you weren't finding it at the level that it is accessible now yeah yeah and so that being said that's how i came across s-ketamine which so how'd you come across that so in my search for research studies um i came across the term treatment resistant um which just means you have depression or anxiety or some other mental illness and it doesn't respond to a certain amount of medications so when I found that term I started getting um search results for TMS therapy transcranial magnetic stimulation therapy um and S-ketamine which what's TMS so TMS which that episode won't be out yet. Uh, TMS is a treatment that uses uh, magnets to stimulate certain parts of the brain. Uh, This is a very short, chopped up version of what it is. Uh, uh, You can find a lot more information about it online. But it's a, a treatment that's used for people who have like been on medication a lot of different types of medications and they didn't work or they worked for a little bit and stopped working and this is something that's supposed to be uh, more effective for those people um 
So you were saying that along with S-ketamine. I was seeing that and S-ketamine. Mm-hmm. And so I found a treatment center in San Francisco, which was close to where we lived, that did not only um, S-ketamine and TMS, but also regular psychiatry services. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out to them uh, to see initially to get signed up with one of their psychiatrists so I could just get in there. And then once I was in there, we talked about um, the fact that I had talked to my therapist about looking into psychedelic-assisted therapy and um, talked about ketamine briefly, and then she explained to me what S-ketamine was and put me through the screening for it, and then once they saw that I qualified, I was able to start treatments. So what So, what about S-ketamine like that you were seeing online? What about that was saying like this would actually, or gave you hope that you would actually be able to see some relief from it? So what I read was that what S-ketamine does, um, and ketamine too, is it like opens up your mind um, or like gives you this like third person perspective on your life. So you're able to view things from a more neutral place. Like I was reading that it allowed you to feel less less blended, less attached to, like, your symptoms and, like, what you're feeling and, like, view it as if you're, like, another person so you can, like, see the reality of the situation. Hmm. Um, That's what you were reading before. Yeah, that's what I was reading. And, like, this is, like, searching online and, like, looking at research studies, but also, like, I also went on, like, Reddit and, like, looked to see, like, what people were saying they were experiencing in these sessions. Yeah, bro, like, I mean, I've never taken any of these substances, but, like, if you go, if you just find forums, like, I know, like, we're supposed to look at research studies and, but I can really attest to just looking online and seeing what personal experiences people are going through. Because, like, Mm -hmm. you know, especially places like Reddit, like, yeah, somebody could be lying. But, like, why would they be spending all of their time on this app? Like, Reddit don't pay like YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, yeah, if you're really looking for stuff and you can't find anything online... There's somebody, there's somebody on Reddit talking about it. There's a yeah. group of people on Reddit talking about because I remember going on that that uh, subreddit. Um, yeah, because I showed it to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that was helpful going on there because it, like, told me what to do, like, practically. Because, like, when you go in for S-ketamine, it's a nasal spray, and... It drips down the back of your throat. Yeah, so let's let's go to, like, what S-ketamine was like. Okay, mm-hmm. like, don't talk about your first experience or your first your first appointment. Mm-hmm. Talk about your, like, overall experience. What was, like, the average experience, like, on ketamine? Like, going from me dropping you off in the car to me coming back and you coming back and in, into the car. Okay, so 
yeah, so with S-ketamine, so I did S-ketamine treatments from December 2020 to June 2021. And so basically on the days that I would have S-ketamine, I would uh, make sure before I went um, to eat at a certain time because I had to fast. How many hours? Um, just two hours. Um, so yeah, I would make sure to eat breakfast and lunch before my appointment. Um, and then I would also take a shower, um, as a way to like relax and then do yoga and, or a meditation. Um, and I would do this like in the, like two hours leading up to you taking me there. Um, as a way to, like, calm my body, um, cause, like... It was nerve-wracking, cause there's some crazy stuff that you went through. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's an intense experience, and if you go into it tense, and... You're triple. It, it's just, it's not gonna go well. Yeah. Um, so, I would do all that I could to relax my body and, like, calm my nervous system, mm-hmm. And then we'd get in the car, we'd have our talks (laughs) on our way there, and... um, Set intentions. Yeah, set intention. Oh, yes, that's the other thing. I always write out what my intention for the session uh, will be. Usually my intention is just a phrase. That way, in the session, it's easy for me to remember it. Um, But yeah, I would always write that down. Um, and then you would drop me off. I went in the office and every session I would first have like 15 minutes with my psychiatrist. We would talk about how I was doing in general, um, how my last session went, um, and then talk about any medication changes that we need to make. Yeah, because she was your psychiatrist. Yeah, because she was my psychiatrist, so uh, she was in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she would just ask me if I needed any extra support going into the session that day. And then I'd always say no, (laughs) because I like doing, uh, my sessions kind of on my own. Um, and then I would go into a different room that had a chair, like a nice lounge chair, and I would bring... Oh my god, I have to go into what I bring. Yeah, I was about to say, like, you would be dressed down to yeah. the cozy. I would be dressed in the my coziest clothes, uh, hoodie, leggings, fuzzy socks, slides. Um, I would bring a fuzzy blanket every time. Um, and then my headphones, because music is a must. Um... My phone, of course, to play music. I would bring an eye mask, um, mints, because, like I was saying before, the medicine can drip down your throat, so it tastes bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything I would bring. And my journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, after my session with the psychiatrist, I went into the that cozy room and set up, um... And then a nurse would come in and administer the S-ketamine in 
10 minute intervals. So depending on what your dosage is, you get a certain number of nasal sprays. So for S-ketamine, it's a lot lower. So Uh, S-ketamine, the highest dose I was on was 84 milligrams. mm. Um, Yeah. And so for me, I, I had three nasal sprays. So like what did you start with? It was like, like your I think first it was session. like, like fifty. Fifty. Okay. Yeah. And then so like, what would your so, let's just say like a normal session mm-hmm. in there. Like how would it go? It would be like the nurse would come in, you'd get your first nasal spray, and then like how many minutes until you started like noticing effects? So, I would say like in the first half of like my entire experience doing esketamine um after 10 minutes i would start to feel effects um a little further down the line it would take after the second nasal spray that's when i would feel effects so the first one i would kind of not really feel anything and then i would take the second one and then i would feel something yeah and that is something that that's the thing with ketamine specifically um and i think with esketamine um you build up a tolerance over time to the psychedelic effects so like the antidepressant effects are still there Mm. even if the psychedelic experience is very mild Mm. so that's why like if you go into an experience and you don't really see much that's okay because it's still in your system and those effects of the like antidepressant part are still gonna help you okay so like what what are the usual symptoms you would well not symptoms but what are the effects that you would usually start to notice first um like like visual what i would see like what the trip was like Mm -hmm. um so for me um and i've only done s-ketamine and ketamine so I don't know if I explore other psychedelics I might find that that's another episode yeah (laughs) it's different um but for me each session is generally it has the same summary Mm -hmm. it has the same like outline and structure so I always begin like laying in a room so everything I see is like I see it as if my as if it's like real as if it's like my eyes are open but Um, your eyes are closed but my eyes are closed yeah my eyes are closed and I have an eye mask on um and I don't see things in color in my sessions um a lot of people do but I don't I see everything as if like someone turned off the lights um so it's like kind of in black and white, but it's more so like someone just turned off the lights and everything is dark. That's crazy. I didn't even realize it yeah. was like that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really see too much color. It's like That makes sense though. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so a session for me is like I feel like I'm floating through these different rooms and sometimes like outside landscapes and like sometimes it feels like I'm being pulled by something sometimes it just feels like I'm like 
literally just like floating into these different places mm -hmm. and um each room is different each room has objects in it has windows and doors and has different ceiling heights and like one time i remember i told you this i saw like a temple mm -hmm. um that was the one time i saw something in color you said it was golden right? yeah it was gold mm -hmm. so yeah i i see these like would they be like things from real life or like from your that were like specific to you so i didn't start seeing things from my real life until i started ketamine okay so in s ketamine it was like just it, things i've never seen <laughs> places i've never been to right things that i couldn't recognize that i didn't feel like i've been yeah but now in my ketamine experiences it's like even if i don't recognize it visually sometimes it feels like i've been in this room before right. okay so yeah before i go on what are the differences you notice between s-ketamine and ketamine um besides the way you take it yeah so i would say s-ketamine to me felt more consistent like every i i knew what to expect every single s-ketamine session um whereas with ketamine because of the way it's administered uh the company i use does the lozenges and it's absorbed through your mouth which i mean it's really absorbed through your freaking stomach <laughs> because and and that's the reason why it's it's not as because it consistent depends on your gut, right basically. it depends on the state of your gut yeah. and if anyone knows me my gut is is all sorts of yeah. fucked up so um <laughs> but yeah so i think that's the main difference mm -hmm. um okay well if you that's yeah that's really that. but okay really so it. let's go on to like the adverse effects that you had because you definitely had some adverse <laughs> effects during S-ketamine and as well as ketamine so like let's first start with like the ones during S-ketamine some of the incidents you had so all of the times where something went wrong is when I was like working before I went in for a session or I was like rushing to get get there or um I don't know just if anxiety was high and I didn't do much to bring it down before a session, usually it would end up not not very good. Um, so one time, I remember there was one time when I got anxious, or no, where I was really anxious going into a session and I took all three nasal sprays and it was taking a really long time to start. And so I was gonna text you um but i did because the thing about ketamine and s-ketamine is that like the physical side effects are 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 pretty intense um so yes and this is something i also learned from reddit but before i went to sessions i would take an anti-nausea medication i still do because one of the most common side effects is nausea and vomiting and i am terrified of vomiting um so 
that was like a big fear of mine when I was first going in. Um, luckily, taking the anti-nausea medication does the trick for me. Um, there was one time when it didn't do the trick. Um, you barfed. And I threw up in, in, the, office, in the, right? the office on their carpet. Um, Dang, every time I think about it, it's on a floor that's cleanable. No, it was on the carpet. Yeah. It's brutal. That was the last time I ever went there, too. Yeah, that was the last time, because that was, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that happened because I hadn't, we were out of town, I hadn't had a session in a long time, and then I went in and did the full dose um, after not having done it for weeks, and it was just a lot on my system. So, <laughs> yeah, and tell me, tell us about the nurse too. That was like, oh, so when I'm in a session, like in the trip, um, it's very easy for me to get out of it. In the sense that, like, it's very easy for me to like get distracted by outside factors. And then the psychedelic effects get decreased. Mm -hmm. Um, And so something that I had to deal with at this particular treatment center was um, a nurse who was kind of loud. And so if um, you go in for S-ketamine at a treatment center, um, I'm pretty sure they're required to take your blood pressure every so often um, to make sure... Uh, it doesn't every 30 minutes yeah every 30 minutes um to make sure because i i believe ketamine as ketamine increases your blood pressure so they would just want to make sure it's not getting and at a scary level um but there was one nurse who just loved to talk to me let me let me say say it more accurately she was not trained well she was not trained well. Yeah. She didn't know how to interact with people who are undergoing a psychedelic trip. Yeah. And you told... Yeah, I talked to my psychiatrist mm-hmm. about it. And after I talked to my psychiatrist, it got better. Like, we actually moved to a different part of the building, and um, which honestly helped with noise, because I could sometimes hear, like, other psychiatrist appointments happening which would like interrupt things too um so yeah after I told my psychiatrist things got better like I need to remember that in times where I'm scared about advocating for myself because that's a clear example of me like advocating for myself being like this person is interrupting things like the things going around the office are interrupting things and I need it to be better so I can have an effective session oh like yeah, like, don't be afraid to, and, and this is the other thing, is that since this is new, relatively new on, like, a, you can come into an office and get S-ketamine, yeah. um, they're going to be extremely receptive to your requests mm-hmm. and your feedback, because this is their first time doing it on a professional level. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, um, like this isn't, like, going into the middle of the woods with the shaman and oh, yeah, nothing no. like that. Like, this is, like... In a like a hospital, uh, or yeah, like it's a, like a like a medical facility, a yeah, regular a medical, medical facility. facility. So, you know, they're gonna take what you're saying extremely seriously. Yeah, not to say that if you go into the middle of woods with shaman, they're not gonna take it seriously. Yeah, right. Yeah, and 
Yeah, and I will say that, like, um, doing treatment in that setting was great for that reason because they were constantly checking in with me to see what they could do better and to see what my experience was like because, like you're saying, this is new and they need all of the information that they can get. Uh, Yeah. Hi, friends. Jade here. I wanted to pop in because this episode is pretty long and I know it can be a bit overwhelming to consume so much information in one sitting. So I encourage you to take all the time you need to listen to this episode and take this moment with me to take three deep breaths before we continue with the show. First, let's exhale and release all of the breath that we currently have. And let's begin. Breathe in. And breathe out. Breathe in. And breathe out. Breathe in. And breathe out. All right, let's get back into the show. Okay, so let's talk about ketamine now. Okay. So let's talk, let's go into more depth about the difference between esketamine and ketamine. Okay. Um, not necessarily on like a chemical level. Yeah, because um, I'll, I'll talk to Aubrey about that. Yeah, but talk about the, the differences that you're seeing and why you didn't go with esketamine versus ketamine. Yeah. Well... I probably would have continued with esketamine if some life circumstances didn't mm-hmm. happen. Um, this is this is important to mention. Um, ketamine is generally not covered by insurance, but esketamine is. And why is that? So esketamine is newer, and I believe it's like it's like they took a part of ketamine and used that as opposed to using the whole the whole ketamine. molecule <laughs> um and it's at a lower dose as well so i wanted to continue with ketamine but when we yeah we moved away from where i was getting the treatments before and at the same time at the move i went through <clears throat> insurance changes and the new insurance that i have does not cover esketamine um 
and that's the thing it is newer so there are still some insurances that won't cover it so yeah I just couldn't get it covered by my insurance and the out-of-pocket for esketamine was a lot say how much it is it was like I have it in my notes I remember when you were talking about getting esketamine at first it was like 450 per nasal spray (laughs) something crazy like that okay here it is so the observation by itself so observation the medication was 875 dollars per session yes that's for 84 milligrams okay so that's for three nasal sprays it's 875 so per session plus 450 for the observation so you're looking at 12 1300 per session per session without insurance yeah so that's out of pocket every time you go to the office once a week you pay that much so you're looking at five thousand a month (laughs) so (laughs) without insurance yes without insurance Um, so with insurance what was the so all i had to do with insurance was pay a 20 dollar copay for each for each each session yeah so instead of five thousand, you were paying eighty per month. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go insurance. Yeah. <laughs> but my new insurance didn't cover it, so I had to look for other options, and that's when I found New Life. So how did you find them? I. How did I find them? Honestly, an Instagram ad. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Wait, did I send that to you or did you find that? I found it because I had been getting ones for my ketamine home. Um, so, yeah, I found it on an Instagram ad and just, like, went through the process of uh, their intake process, which was just, like, screening you to see if you had treatment-resistant depression, um, getting consent from the other providers that you're working with i think it's required that you are working with like a therapist or a psychiatrist and so they get like written consent from one of them that you can do this treatment um and then they start you on the medication well they send you like orientation stuff to get you ready to help prepare your sitter because it's usually like someone you live live with with. or a friend um and then yeah they send you the medication and you can start so how was the insurance process with that so this company does not take insurance it is all out of pocket how much so the (laughs) program i did was 2400 altogether no 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 Oh, okay. How, how, like, how In total. And so that was for 18 sessions. sessions? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's really <laughs> I mean, good. That's a really good. It's okay, really let's good. let's do the math on that. So 2400 divided by 18 is about $130 per session. That's good. Okay. I thought it was more than that. I didn't know. I'm finding out this information <laughs> for the first time, too. Um, okay, so, like, what are the differences that you're noticing in terms of your actual trip because the other thing is like you're not doing this at an office anymore you're doing this in the comfort of your own home yeah now so you know what is that what does the preparation look like differently so i have to be really intentional on ketamine days and like not do any work yeah i'd be having a 
yell at this girl <laughs> to not work and get in the tub. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's getting, she's doing a lot better. I'm getting better, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you have to be extremely intentional on these days. Yeah. Like, what does the day look like differently than your normal day? So I get up. My morning is usually the same. I kind of have a morning ritual that I do every morning, which is get up. Um, breakfast, meditation, and then gratitude. Not gonna lie, I haven't done gratitude in about mm, a week and a half. What, you write in a journal? You say it out loud? What do you do with gratitude? Either one. I just have to do it. Okay. What does it usually look like? It's usually writing in my journal. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you just, like, write down things you're grateful for? Just I just have to write one thing that I'm grateful for, and then at the end of the week, I go back through and read all of them. Oh, that's, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Get back on that, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Come on, bro. I thought it was some crazy thing you had to do. Bro, no. you gotta write down one thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be on you about that. Okay. You shouldn't have told me. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so I do my morning ritual, um... Usually on ketamine days, I take a walk in the morning, and then I try to do things like reading, journaling, art. Um, I definitely journal about my intention for the day. I actually, I have a list of intentions that I usually pull from, but I always, like, journal about how I'm feeling during the day and, like, what I want to accomplish in my ketamine session or not accomplish but like what I want the vibe to be so yeah I do that and then I have lunch early um early like how early so my lunch is at 11 because I do ketamine sessions at two or three so um I eat breakfast at like well my my breakfast is crazy so we'll just pretend I eat breakfast at breakfast time and then I eat lunch at 11. It's not even true though. You be eating <laughs> breakfast at love. Come on, bro. We're not good captain though. She be eating breakfast at 4 in the morning, 5 Yeah, morning. I do eat breakfast at like 3, 4, 5 in the morning. Um, and then lunch at like 11. Sometimes a snack between breakfast and lunch. Um, and then after lunch, I do my coping and grounding routine. What is that? Which is, um, it's something that I've kind of developed after being in treatment this year um, because I needed a way to, like, incorporate practicing coping skills and grounding skills every single day because they only work if you practice them both when you need them and when you don't need them. Yeah, so it's something I do every day. I practice a coping skill and a grounding skill um, and do a brain dump. Uh, a brain dump is just like writing out what my thoughts are in my journal. Um, so I do that after lunch and then I get in the bath. Um, while I'm in the bath on ketamine days, I try to refrain from TikTok and I make a playlist. That That's kind of new. That's been in the last like four sessions what no tiktok yeah no social media um before so yeah i like make a new playlist for the session or 
like go on reddit and look for a playlist that someone else has made and oh, that's cool. and listen to it and make sure it doesn't have any words. words yeah so talk about that you can't yeah so i and this isn't for everyone like there's plenty of ketamine playlists out there with words so there's a lot of people who can listen to music with words during a session but for me it freaks me out like it makes me feel like there's someone next to me talking into my ear Ooh, like it it's <laughs> really uncomfortable so yeah i take my bath make a playlist or find a playlist and then i get out of my bath and set up my space so i do mine in my bed i don't do it on the side that i lay on like when i go to sleep i do it on zen side of the bed just to kind of differentiate the resting space and the ketamine space why do you palo santo why do you sage um so that's my way of showing like respect for the medication that's something that i've through conversations that i've recently had with psychedelic people and through books i've read um an important part of the psychedelic experience is showing respect to the medication to the and if applicable to like the culture behind the medicine um and so ketamine's a little different because it's a synthetic but i still do things to like show my reverence because at the end of the day this medication has helped me tremendously yeah so going to what is has been a successful decision to use ketamine or at like has the decision to start using psychedelics and within your normal treatment has that been successful and how has it been successful it's been very successful um i think that it's just given me space to process the things that I need to process to actually heal. Like ketamine specifically has, because like I, this session of ketamine, like I started right after I left being in eating disorder treatment this year. Um, And I was in a really low place and that was only, it's November, October, September, August, July. That was only five months ago. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't work at all five months ago. I couldn't go spend time like with friends, like out, like go out at night with friends. I couldn't do that. Um, at day. Even, yeah, like, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't not just go out with friends, with friends, but, like, interact with friends, reach out to friends. Like, I couldn't do that. Um, yeah, I, I just had, I still am low energy now, but I had less energy then. Um, I'm way more motivated now. Like, I'm able to the negative thoughts are still there but I'm able to like correct those negative thoughts or like yeah I mean you're basically not extremely depressed yeah 
because everybody has negative thoughts, but it's just that you're able to handle them. Yeah, I can handle them now. Yeah. Or, yeah, I can cope with them now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, like, listen or, like, watch new things now. Like, before, like, for months, I was avoiding watching new things because... I just have this thing where, like, watching something new makes me anxious because it feels like I have to create, this is bad, to create, like, an emotional attachment to this new thing when there's so many other things I've watched that I really like that I can just go back and watch again, Mm -hmm. and that feels feels better for me on, like, anxiety terms, but, like, Mm -hmm. now I can watch new things. Mm -hmm. Like, we've been watching new anime recently um i can i'm able to like acknowledge my progress more which is something like my therapist has pointed out to me is like we spend a lot more of our sessions like recognizing where i am now and like it's not always prompted by her (laughs) like i i'm able to see it myself yeah, these are just some of some of the things. Do you notice any things like physically more energy? I I did write like slightly more energy. Um I think I'm just I have chronic fatigue, so that's a thing, but yeah, yeah definitely I mean, on the same level would, but Yeah, I definitely like I I'm doing so much in a day compared to a few months ago um and yeah like i have the energy to do this like the podcast and starting like different avenues of things for the podcast and like working on multiple things at at the same time like yeah i didn't think that was possible a few months ago what about that's really the last question i have so talk about that period where you were kind of avoiding doing ketamine because yeah yeah, so i did i had so when i first started with this company um for ketamine my first session with them was honestly really terrible yeah because they they gave you they gave me yeah uh because i had been on s-ketamine uh what they thought was they could just give me an equivalent dose of ketamine. Um, but the thing is, I hadn't taken a dose of S-ketamine or ketamine in months. And so the dose they gave me was just too high for for my system. Um, and so it was really, really intense, like, not just after, like, I'll get into what happened after, but, like, during it, I felt like, like, this happens now, like, I become objects during my session, but in that session, it was, like, I became the object, and I didn't, it was, like, I started to forget I was (laughs) me, (laughs) (laughs) and, like, okay, talk about the object you were, the shelf, a shelf, (laughs) yeah that's what it always is yeah Yeah, I like turned into a shelf and I I was just having a hard time like so you're saying like usually it'd be like inanimate objects or always 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 inanimate Mm -hmm. so use a shelf use this one right here (laughs) (laughs) 
it's not funny but we gotta make Mm. humor out of it yeah um yeah and then after that session i was throwing up yeah all over the place um shaking like hot hot sweats cold sweats yeah she was busted down for like two days yeah it it was it was rough um and then i didn't i had the doses to to do my next session but i i just avoided it and i was like yeah i'm doing i'm gonna do it i'm just waiting for this but it was really because i was avoiding it because i was scared yeah you're scared and so (laughs) i got turned into a shelf and forgot i was a human yeah boy i would do it every day it was just like i i was not i could not ground myself like no matter how much breathing i did that in that session I know the exact feeling you're talking about. Like, you start to lose a sense of self, and you don't believe that you're going to come back to Mm -hmm. what you're trying to grasp onto. Mm -hmm. But this is only something that happens if... (sighs) No, I think people should know the risks, and they should know what's normal, because that hasn't happened just once, Yeah, right? That's normal. So, it's... It can happen. It can happen. And it's going to look different for everybody, obviously. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is Jade's experience. But, like, yeah, bro. Like, you need to know what you're putting in your body. It's yeah. not a game. This is medicine. Intense. Extremely intense medicine. Yeah. And, I mean, you have had great results. So yeah. So, it's like, it was worth, worth the risk. The risk, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, what do you... We've talked about you doing, like ayahuasca we've talked about doing shrooms a little bit i don't know if you're like really into doing psilocybin or anything like that um i'm not into this stuff at all by the way like i'm just putting that out there i'm just here i'm just watching jay going through this stuff and i'm just you know her sitter basically so um but i think it's interesting this world that you're getting into because i think culturally like as black people like it's kind of just like left to the weirdos to oh you're you're into that stuff you're into that boy (laughs) who are you judging (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i think it's real interesting that you're getting into this type of stuff that i think a lot of people judge those who are like um not even really into but just you know it's normal for certain people and we kind of, you know, think, oh, if you do this stuff, you're a hippie or mm-hmm. you're, like, crazy or, you know, whatever yeah. judgments they make. But you're kind of, like, exploring it from a very medical point of view. Not to say that if it's not, you know, medical or if it's recreational, it's not. But I think this journey that you're going on um, helps legitimize what a lot of people are doing in this community so um what are you kind of looking forward um to doing like these ketamine sessions aren't going to last forever right right yeah what's kind of what is your plan after this yeah that's honestly something i'm trying to figure out myself i think um you know my time with ketamine is about to be done relatively soon so what are your thoughts around that like are you scared are you yeah i'm i am nervous and like this is something that i've talked about in therapy like starting to like 
I mean, I'm wondering about that too, because like, bro, it's been helping so much. Why are we stopping? Why are we stopping? That's that's how I feel, and, and that's the thing about ketamine is that like, again, it's still being researched, and it's like, there isn't a recommended duration. Um, Let's keep in mind, a lot of these meds that people are on don't have one either. Either, yeah, yeah. So I think something you're learning is that. It's normal to be taking a substance or it's not like we look at we look at substances for the mind similarly as we look at them for substances for the body. So like you're sick, antibiotics, two weeks, done. Mm -hmm. Whereas mental ones aren't really like that. Like you've been on meds for Uh, over a decade. Right. And you've switched some, obviously. Yeah. But, like, they're all kind of, like, for the same things. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think it's interesting that for ketamine, you're kind of coming off of it yeah. as if it's not, as if it's, like, a physical medicine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I just think, like, I mean, part of it's financial because I do, like, have to pay every time I want to, like, get more doses. Um, part of it is, like, me wanting to not have to rely on medication. But, like, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I would... If it was up to me, I would just continue with this. If it, if I could get it like a di another medication and like just pay ten dollars once a month for it, like I would continue doing this for a long time because it's helping so much. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just don't know how practical that is for me right now. Um, and I'm interested in exploring because. Ketamine is one of the like lower level psychedelics, and so I'm interested in exploring things like ayahuasca um, and seeing how that could help me. Um, and that's another thing where like the finances come into play. You need to have a good chunk of change <laughs> to be able to afford to go to a place that's a, a good, safe place to get an ayahuasca ceremony. So I'm like waiting for for that period of my life to come. This program recommends that after you're done, they didn't recommend it for me because my situation was weird at the beginning, um, but they recommend that you take three months off of ketamine. Um, and you can go back on? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. If you want, yeah. Okay. So they recommend three months off um, just to kind of see how you are and to give, like honestly to give your liver a break they oh, ask you to get liver function just to make sure it's doing okay yeah yeah okay well let's let's come to the conclusion for this okay. episode um are there any other things you want to tell the audience about your experience um just that this is only my experience and everyone's experience with psychedelics is different. 
Um, I've only tried ketamine and S-ketamine, so I think this is just like the beginning of my journey. I, I've, I'm very grateful for the way that they have helped me and allowed me to process things more effectively and just like be a little bit more settled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any tips that you recommend to people who are, you know, starting their first trip or just general ones, not, not um, things that have worked for you, seen, made a big difference? Have a sitter. Um, even if they're not, like, in the room with you, just make sure someone's around. Music. I feel like music shapes each of my sessions yeah because you talk about how you get pulled into different rooms when the when the music changes changes, yeah so i think music and psychedelics go hand in hand so i think it's always a good idea to have a, a playlist that is comforting and breathing i think the thing that helps me whenever things feel like they're going south is my breath so just like counting it in my head or out loud and taking like really slow deep breaths um always brings me back to being grounded yeah all right buddy all righty thank you yeah. hello um this is jade again um i'm popping back in here for a few minutes just to give some updates because this episode was actually recorded in November of 2022 and it's being released in January of 2023 and some things have changed um, and so I just wanted to give a little update. So I actually took a break from ketamine treatments and as of now, I've been off of ketamine for about a month and a half. Um, the program that I'm a part of that administers the ketamine to me does recommend taking a break after you finish your program. Um, and so that's what I did. And unfortunately, during this break, some symptoms have come back. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to be like, totally honest because I I want people to get a very clear picture of what my experience has been with this medicine um and honestly these past few weeks without it have been pretty difficult um I've noticed a few things a few symptoms coming back which I'll list off to you now the first and probably most difficult one to deal with is um my ability to cope with change um that's a big theme in my life um just having a tough time coping when something changes even if it's something really small um and for a minute I was doing a lot better with that I was doing a lot better with um you know, recognizing that if a change happens, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing and, like, I don't need to panic 
when there's a change of plans or like a change of schedule like I got to a place where I was like it's okay that things change sometimes and I'm safe when things change but in this past month I've noticed just the feeling of that like feeling very out of control and panicked when things change and having a really hard time coping with that and usually it has led to some like irritability and um I wouldn't say resentment but just like this just a really uncomfortable emotion I I'm trying to explain this as best as I can but it's like I'll give you an example um so something that I do uh for my mental health is I plan out all of my days so I have a spreadsheet that has it that's split up into the different days of the week and I break it down into hours and then I like schedule out things for each hour of my day um one of the things that I have to schedule out is our like meals and cooking for meals and so this in this example it was a day where I had planned to cook um and there was a change in that plan um that wasn't really talked about it just happened um it was someone else cooked instead of me and usually that would be fine honestly it would usually be even better that someone else was cooking because I could you know do other things but in this instance it made me so uncomfortable that the thing that I had planned to do wasn't going to happen and I got really anxious and really irritable and I knew because of this period I'm in that the irritability was kind of baseless in the sense that like I didn't actually need to be angry or upset or annoyed that someone else was cooking but it was so jarring to me that it caused that irritability and so I literally just left the house and like ran some errands to kind of get that irritable energy out in a way that wasn't going to be like taking it out on someone else um and I've had to do that a lot recently like getting out of my environment to just like reset when I feel an uncomfortable emotion because they've been really intense lately so that's that's one thing is is the yeah the struggle with coping with changes has been increased since stopping ketamine another thing that i've noticed is just the feeling that and i don't know if anyone can relate to this but just feeling like things are piling up so high that you can't handle them yourself this was um something i experienced this time last year which is like right before i went into eating disorder treatment um And I was just feeling like I had so many things to do, so many like adult things, so many work things, so many like mental health things. There was just so much to do that I felt like it was getting to a point where I couldn't handle it on my own or with some extra support. So that feeling has been coming back lately as well. Um... Another symptom that I've noticed coming back is 
just the persistence of my negative thoughts. Um, I was in a period uh, while on ketamine where reframing negative thoughts was a lot easier and like moving on with my day after encountering negative thoughts was a lot easier whereas now I get very tied up in those negative thoughts and kind of like stuck in the thoughts and that leads to like crying spells and like just feeling like I can't move or do anything because the negative thought is so intense um that's been really difficult and for me since my eating disorder is a part of my life um a lot of the negative thoughts lately have been around my body um which just adds another layer of difficulty to deal with um so that has been pretty hard um so yeah those those are the things that have been coming up since stopping ketamine i stopped for about one and a half months i am going to be starting um another ketamine program in the next like week or so which i'm really excited about um you know i'm excited to get back into the space that i was in um and to have some more like chemical support around the things that I'm experiencing. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, you know, looking forward to the openness that for me comes with ketamine because I, I felt myself begin to start to like close off again in these past few weeks. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to kind of uh, getting back on track with things. Um, but I will say that things didn't go completely down the drain in these in, in this month and a half of being off of the medicine. You know, I, I still was able to do self-care and I was still able to do my work and um, spend time with friends and family. So yeah, I just wanted to give this little update because um, I am still very much on this journey I'm still learning about uh, these types of medicines and this type of healing and um, learning what works for me and my body and, and my experience. So um, I hope this just gives you a little look of into what um, utilizing this modality could look like. But yeah, that's, that's it. And uh, I will be continuing to share about this aspect of my healing journey over on Instagram and TikTok. So if you're on there and you're interested in hearing more about this part of my healing journey, uh, be sure to follow me there. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Students of Mind. I want to say thank you to Zen for being on the show again to interview me. I feel like he does a really good job of helping me tell my story, so thank you again, Zen, for helping me out. If you want to continue following my journey with psychedelic-assisted therapy, you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at jadembarber, and that's where I'll be sharing updates on what I'm doing in terms of psychedelic-assisted healing. 
If you have a moment, please leave a rating and review for this episode. You can do so by scrolling to the bottom of the podcast show page on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or by using an app like Podchaser. Ratings and reviews help me know that these episodes are landing for you, give you an opportunity to give feedback, and get all of these episodes into more ears. Don't forget to go to newsly.me and use code STUDENTS to get a free premium subscription to the all-new Audio Super Club. Thank you so much again for listening. I hope you learned something new or resonated with something you heard today, and I will see you next episode. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.